Welcome to another episode of ASX Market Goss. For no more than 30 minutes, we're going to dig a little deeper with ASX-listed small cap companies, their focus, the future, the highs, the lows, and what's next, what's around the corner. Part of the conversation is to get to know our guests at a personal level, their experiences, their mentors, their slips and slides, even down to their coffee of choice and life away from the share price and investment decision making. And today's guest is Iggy Tan, CEO and Managing Director of Altec, Alltech Chemicals Limited, ASX code ATC. Iggy, appreciate your time. Morning, Tim. Uh, thanks for having me. Alltech, Altec. Uh, Alltech Batteries. We actually changed our name to Batteries Limited now, so... Uh, really to move uh, the, the focus into the, the battery space. And yeah. the code is? Still ATC. Okay, yeah. so for those who are listening, stay with ATC, albeit uh, Alltech uh, Batteries now is the name of the company. Iggy Tan is our guest. And batteries, we're going to get to that, and I've, and I've watched a fair bit of you online and some of the interviews you've done over the last six to eight months, and that's been a real focus of the company, isn't it? And and it's it's different, and you've uh, you've faced a lot of the challenges that lithium batteries have uh, have had over the journey, and you've seemed to have dined out on that and taken it to another level. Yes, yeah, so the, the project that we uh, we have is actually sodium chloride solid-state batteries. So essentially it uh, uses sodium chloride, which is common table salt. So uh, we, we it's solid-state in that there's no liquid electrolyte like the lithium-ion batteries because that's actually the flammable part of the battery and it causes fire and explosion. So solid state removes that, and uh, our batteries are essentially, uh, hasn't got any lithium, uh, no cobalt, no copper, no graphite, no manganese, just salt and nickel. And this is actually not your, for the want of a better word, invention, is it? It was someone else's, but you've now gone into partnership uh, with the German company, and you're actually the, the bigger partner of it. I think it's 75%. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Actually, the, the technology was actually developed by the Fraunhofer uh, German Institute, the Battery Institute, and they've spent nearly 35 million euros in research and development, and they also spent a, a $25 million pilot plan. So they've already produced these batteries, and they were looking for a, a partner to commercialise it. Um, we had land in Germany, and uh, we have a background in alumina, which is the solid-state part of the battery, and my background in lithium batteries as well. Uh, so we got selected as the partner, and we own 75% of the joint venture, and we have the global rights for this battery uh, all, all around the world. I'm intrigued by how the connection comes. You talked about the land. You talked about uh, your connection to them and that they're looking for a partner to commercialise it and, and stuff like that. But... What's that process? Do you apply? Were you one of many? Did they come knocking? I'd love to know what the process was. It's uh, really by accident. We, we have uh, been working with them on different research things uh, and they came to us with a project. And we, my first question was, why haven't you selected one of the big German companies? You know, why select an Australian company? Um, and they said, look, they tried with the German, the big companies, they are just too slow to move. They can't make a decision. And uh, essentially, they've gone with us because the Australian companies are, have that entrepreneurial spirit. And I think that's the, the key to it. Are you normally a quick decision maker, a fast decision maker? Absolutely, yeah. So um, a bit of my background from I was an early mover in the lithium industry. Uh, probably Trailblazer is everywhere I look through 
the writings of Iggy Tan, it's trailblazer. It, it probably came from me, you see. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but essentially when the, um, the lithium industry in the early stage, no one knew about lithium. Mm. So those days your batteries was actually the nickel, uh, nickel type uh, batteries. So when you were actually uh, educating the market and you're going around to the institutions and you're talking about lithium batteries, they were going, what lithium batteries? So, but essentially China uh, had the lithium batteries and a lot of the electric scooters were all uh, uh, lithium batteries and they were then looking at EVs because of the pollution and so on. So I recognized that in the early stage and obviously Green Bushes was the biggest mine in the Australia. I used to work there in the 90s and I recognised that was going to be the next stage of growth and, and that's where we built the, uh, the Mount Catlin Spodumi mine for Galaxy Resources and then also the Jiangsu Lithium Carbonate plant. So just recognising the trends and then slowly uh, recognising uh, the potential for it and then educating the market, which is really what we're doing with the sodium chloride uh, solid state batteries. So I'm going to talk to you about salt over lithium and, mm. and, and the differences. And are you really trying to put lithium in the, in the corner here? Or? Absolutely not. I mean, the lithium battery is a, a fantastic battery and we are not trying to replace it. Uh, we're just providing an alternative. Because when you see the landscape, the demand for lithium batteries, all, all batteries uh, from EVs, and then the next area of growth is actually grid storage or renewable energy storage. Tim, I don't know, do you have uh, solar panels on your Not roof? Not yet, mum and dad do. Yeah. So essentially you're generating uh, electricity for the house during the day and any excess is going back to the grid for probably zero cents. And then at night you're buying it back at 30 cents. It doesn't make sense. We need storage. So And, and storage just really takes the energy from the day, the sun, and then brings brings to the night. And if you look at all around the world, uh, how many solar panel uh, 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 power plants are being built around mm. the world, they need storage as well. So this is this is an alternative. Uh, we're targeting the grid storage market because it's growing uh, 28% year on year. So that's a big market uh, that we're targeting. And also, so so grid pack. You do have I read that right? Grid pack. And how does it? How is it formed? How does it stored? And and, and I, I I saw some vision of it. You know, being packed on top of each other. Where are we talking with this? Can, our listeners are probably going batteries. What size are we talking? Where yeah. are we talking? Yeah. So our first product is a sixty kilowatt uh, battery pack, and it looks a bit like a metal filing cabinet. Uh, but we are we're actually putting that into a, a C container and uh, configuring it so that we can actually drop it on your deck and there's a plug and play concept. We can attach one megawatt of power to your system in five minutes. So the plant that we are building is a 100 megawatt plant in Saxony, Germany. Uh, we will finish a DFS around uh, uh, quarter three of this year and then we'll look at funding and then building this plant. One of the benefits of our batteries is that we can actually operate in very cold climates mm. as well as desert conditions. So I don't know whether you know, Tim, but lithium batteries start to slow down when it's really cold. So at zero degrees, the batteries just slow down to about 70%. Our batteries can operate down at minus 40 degrees 
because essentially it's got an internal heating system. So when it generates heat and it, it takes heat away when you charge and discharge it. So essentially uh, it can operate in very wide temperature range. And the other problem with lithium batteries is sort of limited life of the batteries, generally eight to 10 years. Uh, our batteries can go beyond 15 years. So that's a big advantage. And then the last one is obviously fires and explosions. I mean, you see a lot of that in the news. Our batteries are totally fireproof and explosion proof. Iggy Tan, our guest on ASX Market Gossam, we are talking about Alltech batteries, of course. ASX code ATC, so mark that one down. More on that in a moment. Iggy, I'm going to get to your books. You've uh, penned two books, and, and they've probably got a lot to do with your leadership, and there is certainly a, a fair bit of it has to do with leadership and feeling good about yourself in the workplace. But let's, let's delve into Iggy Tan's everyday life. When you wake up in the morning, Iggy, and you're ready to go to work and put your work head on, what's the first thing you do? Um, what's the first thing I do? <laughs> Emails? No, no, I, 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 generally, uh, I, I generally have a, 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 you know, I do a meditation as well. Um, and so now and then I would go into do my meditation practice. And uh, that's, that's good because, um, you know, we live pretty hectic lives, Tim. I don't know about you, but uh, there are a lot of stresses in, in life and particularly if you're a CEO and you're trying to start up a, a, a company. Uh, so I, I always go back to, uh, you know, bringing myself, uh, you know, down to earth and maybe getting some uh, peace in your mind before you start work. Is that every day? <laughs> um, generally, there is some sort of practice, uh, yeah, you know, at the start of the day or during the day. Yeah. Uh, do you suggest that to others and other people in your in, that walk in your shoes, so, so well, to speak? Well, I, I guess um, going back in history, I, I suffered from depression a couple of times and it was perplexing at the time because I thought, wow, I'm such a positive guy. Um, but then I realised actually, you know, depression is just an illness. And so some of me members of my family also suffered from depression. So I became very interested in, um, you know, uh, mental illness and what drives happiness. So that's when I started um, a lot of the, the work on, you know, meditation and mindfulness. Can I, I don't want to delve too far, but if you're willing to share to our audience in regards to the mental illness, what were the warning signs for you, do you think? Um, I think you get to a stage where you just, the, the best description of it is that you lose vitality. You know, it's the the sense of life and, uh, you know, not, not suicidal, but just the vitality. And I think when you lose, start to lose that, you go down in a spiral. And, you know, I, I did everything that was required and, you know, I got well. But I, I am passionate about uh, mental illness, mm -hmm. yeah. Thank you for sharing. Uh, what you, do you have a coffee of choice? Do you do you drink coffee? A wheat cappuccino. Wheat cappuccino. <laughs> You're a non-sugar man. No, no, you don't need sugar in a cappuccino. Uh, what about life away from from batteries and sodium and salt and Germany? And yeah. What do you? What, what's your passions away from? So um, I do a lot of uh, work with Rotary, and I think I mentioned that I went to one of your. Uh, Rock quizzes, so uh, <laughs> really enjoy that. So, yeah, so we do uh, work with Rotary, which is essentially a, a service organisation and really just giving back to the community. So, you know, we have uh, blessed lives and I think we, we can, uh, you know, give back to society. Do you follow 
sport or news or are you? Yeah, there, there is a, a, a team that is has a lot of potential. I don't know what you heard you of. Have, you don't have to say. I reckon there's two words, and first word's Fremantle. Yeah. <laughs> It's a bit of a struggle, but they're okay. The window's still there. Tim, the, what do you have to realise with the, with the Dockers fans? We don't have any expectations. So just going out to the footy is, is just going out, all right? <laughs> and ride the roller coaster. Uh, fantastic. A Dockers supporter is Iggy Tan. Uh, let's talk about the books. You've those two books. The first one was Ban the Performance Appraisal, and, and we're talking about building kind, passionate and happy workplaces. Intrigued by that. Yeah, I, I guess the uh, performance of an organisation really comes back to the culture. And uh, people talk about culture, but well, what is culture? What do you think culture is? I mean, you worked in organisations. Mm. What's your definition of culture? Oh, it's a good question. Um, I'll put you on the spot. Yeah, there. <laughs> well, I, give me your definition first. I'll see whether we're, but Channel 10, which was where I spent 31 years. You, um, you don't want to comment about that. No, I don't. <laughs> I can, but I won't. <laughs> Well, culture is essentially how how people behave in the organisation, and to me, it's a which I use in the book, which not a lot of management books do, is how happy people are in the organisation, because you know they talk about you know engagement and empowerment and all these words, but essentially, happy people in the workforce perform well. It's very simple. So then how do you drive happiness in the workplace? And you can look at communication, you know, um, uh, you know, rewards and all that kind of stuff. But essentially it is how people are happy in the workplace. Do, the, we, do, waste, do we waste too much time on people who are unhappy or do you think those people who are unhappy you can convert them to being happy? Um, so the question is does, uh, does happy people drive performance or does performance drive then happy mm, people? Mm. I think happy people drive performance. So uh, you have to develop a culture, and part of that is recruiting people that meet that, that culture. So um, I wrote a book on, on that, which is a management book, and I, I believe that a lot of our management practice come from the US, and it's a very dog-eat-dog uh, sort of practice. You know, uh, you get rewarded and, you know, individual performance uh, rewards just drives competition. You're not going to work as a team if you stand out and you look good and you get rewarded for it. And that's the fundamental flaw of it. Do you, do you sort of agree? Yeah, no, I totally agree. And it's interesting because I left uh, the network after 31 years. It's not about me. It's about you, Iggy. But I left after 31 years, become an American-owned company, didn't have a real feel for what we were doing, uh, thought that news didn't have to happen in Perth, didn't understand the Perth marketplace. But when we were owned in the great days of TV and they spent and they believed in the local market and the local people and the local viewer, everyone was happy to go to work. Yeah. It became a trudge. And, and, I've, and, I, and I've got great respect for the people who are still there, don't get me wrong. Absolutely love it and hopefully they can have jobs for life. But there's a real disconnect between the owners yeah. and, and the WA network and the East Coast network. So yeah. there's a whole range of stuff that's been bombing in and the victims are the workplace and yeah. the workers. Yeah, and you're right. I think you used the word happy, right? So uh, happy organisations uh, get performance done. And and I look back when we built Mount Catlin, uh, we went from first maiden resource, DFS, to building the plan and first product out in three years. And and that is just totally outstanding. And it all, it all came to the team and the culture. 
Okay, then we go into the book Stop Craving Happiness, <laughs> and it's called Happiness Sweeping. What's happiness sweeping? So as I mentioned to you about the interest in um, mental health, I started to research about what makes people happy. How do you, how do you be happy? Uh, and, and my term is uh, 10 out of 10 happiness. So um, I guess um, through the research, I found that there are a couple of principles, I, I guess. The first principle is um, happiness is an inner state of mind. Do you agree with that? Mm -hmm. So if you're happy in your mind, you are happy. But unfortunately, we allow the external things to determine whether we're happy. You know, things, people and events need to meet our expectations and then we allow ourselves to be happy. So th that's the that's the disconnect. So how do you how do you allow yourself internally to just be happy? And part of that is acceptance and letting go. And so um, I came up with this mindfulness technique called happiness sweeping, which allows you to very quickly accept and let go with everything that that is around you. I mean, it's easy to be happy when things are going well, right, Jim? Correct. But it's a bit more of a challenge when things are not going well. Do you think it's possible to be totally happy on the inside when things are not going well on the outside? I don't. I don't. But are you about to tell me they can be? Well, it is a practice, and obviously part of that is meditation and, you know, happiness sweeping. It's just the technique of just acceptance and letting go. Buy the book. It's called Stop <laughs> Craving Happiness. It's Kindle, paperback, hardcover. I've seen it. Nice work by you, Iggy Tan. Um, inspirations and mentors, do you have any? Um, Had any over the journey? Not anyone that, you know, They, they I, I guess in the early part of my career was probably um, there was a South American um, leader, uh, Ricardo uh, Semler. Yeah, and he, he talked about that kind of philosophy in organisations and, and, and um, you know, sharing that, um, you know, the, the power or the, the, the responsibility yeah, and, and getting people, I guess, happy workplaces. Yeah. If I was to walk into your office at Alltech hmm. and you were to have on the door Iggy Tan, um, Alltech Batteries, what would be your work motto if you have another sign up on that? Yeah, the, the latest uh, saying I, I really like is um, culture eats strategy for breakfast. Nice. Culture eats strategy for breakfast. So uh, I, I think it came from Peter Drucker. Um, what do you think that like means? Like it. <laughs> what no, do you I think like that it. means? <laughs> uh, well, you're talking about your, your, the culture and, and, and your workplace. Um which is what you believe in. I want to know about your workplace. How many people work at Alltech? Uh, we, we've got probably about 10 people in Perth and then we've got another, you know, 15 people in Germany. All in office? You're all in office or you believe it did, did, did COVID, uh, you know, your WA crew, uh, did they all work in the same office? We, we came to the office most of the time, yeah, and we've got a couple of people in the lab as well. So, yeah, small team, small office, very dynamic, uh, very... I think happy people and is that uh, Rockaby Road? You yeah, Rockaby Road. Road. So yeah. where where do you go for coffee as a so organic? I do. <laughs> so yes, culture eats. That's surged. So it? culture eats strategy for breakfast means to me that it doesn't matter how good your strategy is or your idea is, if you don't have the people and the culture to implement it, yeah. it doesn't really matter.
Absolutely brilliant. Okay, what about the, the short term, medium term? Give yourself the 12 months of all tech batteries and, and your medium and your long term goals. A very exciting technology. And um, what we are finding is that the German technology, for lots of automation and robotics, so in, uh, incorporated in this uh, 100 megawatt batteries. Uh, our future is basically to get this uh, up and running. Uh, there is no doubt there's a demand we have inquiries every day for the batteries. Uh, it's supposed to be about 40% cheaper as well because we don't use lithium, we don't have cobalt, we don't have graphite, we don't have uh, copper and manganese. So, um, and then we then move towards uh, gigafactories. So we have the rights globally and uh, that's our long-term plan. So very exciting um, future. It is. So people are listening. The investors are listening, the small investors listening for the first time have been impressed with why, what they've heard over the last 20-odd minutes with you, Iggy. Pitch the, all tech batteries, ATC. Look, I think I've, I've said it. This is the, the future of grid storage batteries. And um, our batteries are essentially uh, operates in a large temperature range. It nearly doubles the life of a lithium battery. Uh, it totally fireproof, uh, and we don't have all the critical... Uh, minerals that we have in a normal lithium battery. Nearly 40% cheaper. We've now uh, designed uh, one megawatt grid packs. We can drop it on the deck and it's a plug in and play. So very exciting technology. We are now commercializing it in a 100 megawatt plant in Germany and our future is to the gigawatt factories. No doubt it is. Uh, <laughs> appreciate you, you coming in and um you sound like you're in a good space. You sound like you sound like you're a happy man. I think you give off good energy. <laughs> yes, I, I, I am happy. <laughs> All Tech Batteries is the company, and Iggy Tan has been our guest here on the ASX Market Goss, All Tech Batteries, ASX Code ATC. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. The content of this podcast is intended to be general in nature and is not personal financial product advice. It does not address the circumstances of any individual or entity. You should not construe any of this information or other part of the material as legal, tax, investment, financial or other professional advice. ASX Market Goss and its employees are not financial advisors. You should consider seeking independent legal, financial, taxation or other advice to check how any information relates to your unique circumstances. Nothing contained in this podcast constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement or offer by ASX Market Goss or any third party to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments in this or any other jurisdiction in which such solicitation or offer would be unlawful under the securities laws of such jurisdiction.